Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. In this pod, we chat about the draw against Stork, the win against Preston, and answer your podcast questions. It's the Bora Breakdown podcast, and this is our Bora Match Day chatter in a pod. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Bora Breakdown Podcast with Johnny Dana and Tom. We're the Bora Podcast that gives you all of your Bora match day chatter in a podcast. And it was another four goals for Bora, three-point gap to the automatics, and Bora go arching on. Uh, Dana Moll, how are you feeling in three words? Content with possibilities, I think, because a lot has been spoken about Bora's attempts of getting into the top two but uh, and I put a, a poll out on Twitter earlier on just asking like if it was between guaranteed automatic promotion and guaranteed promotion by the playoffs which would you prefer and for me I'm happy with any result because it means Borough are going up I'll just put that on record now but for me promotion via the playoffs would just be unbelievable the pinnacle you know to to go to Wembley and see your team win I think is is the pinnacle of, of being a a football fan but having said that we're in a really good position aren't we where we are trying to chase Sheffield United but we're also cementing our place in the playoffs which I think is maybe going under the radar a little bit because of the narrative in regards to Borough trying to get into the top two but I'm just really content we're in a good space good space because of the possibilities that are presenting themselves in front of us so yeah all good in the hood all good in the hood uh Tom Green how are you feeling in in three words Wow, just wow. I mean, that, that performance yesterday was, for me, as close to a perfect performance as we're going to get. And I would even rank it above, you know, the 5-0 win against Reading, which was only a couple of weeks before. And I don't think it's unfair to say that Reading are a little bit of a mess of a club. Um, but Preston were actually coming into this. I, I think, Dana, you said on the radio it was on the back of seven unbeaten. Or something yeah, like I, yeah. I didn't realize until last week they were actually up in eleventh, and they they are actually a, a decent team that that plays all right football. And we made them look completely ordinary yesterday. 
that has even made me kind of like overlook any sort of like slight disappointment I had after after Tuesday night's result because for for me yesterday it was just such a such a good display. I think that's I, I wouldn't ever give anything like uh you know that was perfect because I just I don't think that's ever achievable. But that's as close as I think we can get. That was such a good performance yesterday. Yeah, and, and I want to go with my three words of simply the best uh, South Cleveland garages. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> love I it. Could, everyone who's from Teesside would have knew exactly, would have had that little phrase cropped in the head there uh, when I said that. But yeah, I thought we were really, really good yesterday. I think simply the best because it was probably one of the best performances I've seen the poor side having in a, in a long time, really. I think it was pretty much perfect from, from start to finish in terms of how we moved the ball well, created chances. Um, we looked really clinical in front of goal. And I feel like how many times am I actually saying like this? One of the best times I've, I've seen us play since characters took over. So it's 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 quite nice to see us go up another level and then keep going up more levels as, as we're progressing. And hopefully that's not the, the, the end of that. And we keep getting better and better as the season ends. But, you know, keep going. I think keep going because I'm enjoying myself. I'm a bit disappointed that it's the international break uh, now. But, oh, well, time to refresh and... Help us get, and let us get going again for you know the, the running. But should we chat about the, the two games uh, this week? And we'll go over Stoke first because it informed the Stoke side. Uh, Cape and the Riverside managed to share the points, uh, but it was an impressive display from them. But obviously, the key takeaway from from the game was Tuba scoring the thousandth goal at the Riverside. I thought he scored the thousandth, uh, maybe the week before, um, but it didn't. We got uh, fooled uh, on Twitter. It was nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> Um, so you know he did score the thousandth goal, and who else? Obviously, it was Mister Cleveland Center himself, and it he can't stop scoring at the minute. Uh, but Tom, it was a bit of a difficult game for Borough. But how would you uh, assess the performance against Stoke? Yeah, I was definitely expecting it to be difficult going into it. Um, Stoke were on good form. I watched them against uh, I believe it was Blackburn on on the Friday before, and they they won three two. But Blackburn had come back in the last fifteen minutes or so. I thought, you know what, they could have got an equaliser. Stoke are beatable, even if they are on on good form. But I fully expected it to be tough, and it was. They just pressed so well for for me and and just made it really difficult for us. After the first goal went in, and then Tubert hit the bar not long after, I thought, we've got him here. And from that point on, it, it just became more and more difficult. Uh, I thought we were a bit unlucky to concede the goal. Um, obviously, it, it came from from Giles not properly getting a connection on it on a header, and he just knew the amount of times Zach Stephens kind of done that this season, made himself big in a one on one situation, and it has worked. There was always going to be that one situation where it doesn't, and unfortunately, it was on Tuesday night. Um, so, like I say, it, it by the end of the game with how difficult they made us, I think. Happy with a point, happy not to lose. Um, but it, it was just such a, a like I said, difficult physical game for us uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, and obviously, Dana, obviously, Tom was saying they're only Stoke were able to, to make things difficult. How would you think they were able to implement their game plan on, on, on Bora on Tuesday? Well, Tom touched on it there. It's the physicality, the athleticism. They 
are by far the most impressive side that have come to the Riverside in a long, long time. And I was a little bit cautious of this game because of the, the result that Tom said there, the, the Blackburn win and beating Sunderland 5-1 as well. Can't not mention that. But it was their athleticism. And I know it did particularly in the second half with Dujon Sterling because he was on my side, on uh, you know, closest to the east every time Borough broke and you know Borough still are the most effective side when it comes to counter-attacks we've scored eight goals this season the league's highest amount from counter-attacking situations he was constantly toe-to-door with whoever was breaking be it Ramsey Hackney McGree at Pom he was quick and I think to counter a counter you need pace and I think they had that Will Smallbone was terrific I thought he ran the show to be honest and there's not a lot of times under Michael Carrick that I've been able to say that Boris midfield have been outshone but we were outshone in midfield on Tuesday night we looked a bit leggy we looked slow we looked off the pace our pass decision was poor our pass execution was poor as well it was just a it was an off evening which was a shame because I cherish so much Tuesday night games at the Riverside but it just wasn't out we weren't at our usual standard. And in the end, Zach Stefan bailed us out massively at the end and he deserves immense credit. I, I did think, could he have done better for that first goal? I think Tom was spot on there in that he does make himself big a lot of the time. And unfortunately, sometimes you're just going to get done at that near post. But he, he came up trumps with that, uh, with two really important saves towards the end in particular. So yeah, lucky in the end, I think. But, Stokes game plan the pressing was really really impressive and that's probably the blueprint of how to negate Borough's strength so I have to say props to Stoke for that mm. yeah I thought they played really well uh, as well I remember I remember looking at the where the, the team sheet when it got announced I was like buddy hell all these players play for these like Wendell like Sterling Will Smalls Ben Pearson I was like it's like how are you 14th? I remember messaging mm. uh, Ben from the YLI files during the game. Well, I was I was so confused. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate they've, you know, they've they've brought a few players in in the January and that's helped them develop a little, little bit quicker than the than the, the were originally under Alex Neal. But well drilled side, made things difficult, really good press. You know, I agree with uh, you guys, Will Small One, who who is, you know, at uh, Southampton and he's on loan, but could easily see him make the step up again next season. Um, or he could maybe go back to Southampton with them, probably gonna come down. Um, but with, with how they're played and it was really, really good. I, I did quite like, and I was looking at the average positions before uh, before we came on, it was uh, they're in like a WM formation. This has been so common lately, this WM formation, the 1920s formation, where it's it's just so attacking and everyone loves it. And I love how like things come out of like pop, like like they come out with trend and then everything comes back. Do you know what I mean? I quite like that aspect of it. But yeah, they were really fun um, to watch out of possession. So credit to them, made things difficult. And, you know, if there was like maybe another 10 games on top of the one that we had, and it was like, like we're halfway through the season, you'd think, but the LDs could probably get in the playoffs. Um, but I think it's just a bit too uh, late for them to to make that run now. But I, I probably will see them in the, the playoffs next season. Um, if You know, if, if we're still there, who knows? But if they're, you know, we have to play them again. I'm a bit scared about it. Um, but the game itself, Tom, as it progressed, you know, Stoke got the upper hand in, in, in moments. And I felt like the atmosphere was just shifting ever so slightly. Were you surprised, obviously, given that Borough had been so good 
in recent weeks. Um, to hear like an atmosphere which was just so tense. Not really, no, because there were elements of encouragement at the start as well. Um, but what I did notice was that when we, we we reached a certain point in the second half where it just seemed like we were really pinned and we couldn't really string two passes together. And their pressing midfield was winning them the ball back high up the pitch and, and, and making sure we're on the defensive again. I think when when that keeps happening and we're trying over and over to to get out and uh, you know string some passes together and I think Dana touched on it earlier there was some some kind of like poor decision making on on passes and people just weren't in line for it we did look a little bit leggy I, I think that atmosphere is always going to come um, I'm, I'm not saying you know it, it was like un, undeserved or anything because. I, I just I think in in that type of situation, people are going to be nervous going into into the second half. I don't think it was anything too negative or or anything like that. I think it was just nerves around the stadium, and it was probably probably summed up accurately the the feelings there. Because um, like like I say, we, we just we couldn't get out, and if anyone looked more likely to score in that second half, it was Stoke. Mm. And just just on that as well, obviously, Dan, like. Do you think like an atmosphere does like affect a match in in a way, or like or especially a performance? You know, obviously they got a lot of tensors. Like Tom was saying, there, Stoke got into it more and made things difficult because string a couple of passes together. There's a nervousness around the ground. Do you think that affects the players on the pitch as well? It shouldn't do because I think Michael Carrick's Middlesbrough will play the way that they do, irrespective of how it's received by the fans. But again, you know, they are human. I think with the highs of a crowd when there's that siege mentality, if you like, and they're really getting behind the players, they can feed off that. Carrick has said it many times as Middlesbrough manager that the players can feed off that energy. But then that sort of, I wouldn't say it's so much negative energy, but the nervous energy is probably the best way to describe it. Potentially it does feed in. I will say that, and this is probably one of the very few bones that I have to pick with Middlesbrough FC right now. The atmosphere at the Riverside has been quite poor. I remember when we went to uh, the charity match at the, the end of the season in the summer and we were speaking to one of the stewards, weren't we, Johnny? And he said that last season it was the, the loudest that he's ever heard the Riverside consistently as well. Has it been so much the case this season? Because I think our songbook's just really dry. We need to get crazy little thing called crooks going in the south stand or something. But yeah, that obviously as as an outsider, as in an east stander, seems to be maybe a little bit of a divide in the south from just my perspective. Hopefully that's resolved. We're all Borough fans. We're on the same page. We all want so much for this team to do well. And hopefully we can just continue to back the team and just get even louder in our support. Because I just think the atmosphere has been a little bit off of late. I agree. You know, I, I agree. It, it has been a bit flat. I think it was definitely flat on, on Tuesday. And it's just difficult, I think. Sometimes... When you when you win a lot of games as well, it can be the best and worst thing that happened to you because that expectancy mm. of, of winning every game uh, starts to 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 trickle in uh, to to the fan base and you become, you feel invincible and then obviously you get you know I think the championship's really good uh, lead to kind of knock you back down to earth a little bit because anyone can beat anyone in this league and it's just it's just mad um, at how competitive it can be even though it's a, a weirdly poor league as well. I, d- I don't know what it is, the championship. I feel like, is it a poor league or is it just really competitive? Um, both. <laughs> I'd probably say or, both. 
<laughs> yes. Look at the bottom um... of the table. Look at how crap the teams are at the bottom of the table. It's incredible. All their form is like red, 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 grey, red, loss, loss, loss. It's crazy. Well, that's why they're at the bottom of the league, though, because yeah. it's all red, isn't it? <laughs> no, but um... it's from like probably about 16th down. So it's not well, just the... like, you know. The, 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 the weird thing is about that as well, there'll always be like one weird result coming out of it as well, like Blackpool beating QPR 6-1 over there. day. Like, oh, who would have ever God, saw yeah. that coming considering where Blackpool are in the league? Yeah, mm. and also like Mick McCarthy being the manager, like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, <laughs> I'm what, sorry. He, he's renowned for his goal-scoring football. <laughs> I know. God, well, you'd like... be embarrassed if you were QPR though, wouldn't you? The rock bottom of yeah. the form table of the past 12 games only picked up six points. That's bad. Mm, struggling, aren't they? Absolutely struggling. And I think they're lucky that probably Reading, you know, going to get deducted points and there's probably... <sighs> There's probably three worst teams, I guess, but they're not mm. on, on on form. They're not, but uh, I think they'll probably just scrape it. I think they'll just scrape stand up this year, and you never know what happens to them after that. But on 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 Bora, you know, after the game against uh, Stork, imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I appreciate, you know, everyone wants to win every game. And, you know, we're in this race now with, with Sheffield United for this automatic spot. What do you think it was a there was some saying it was two points dropped, others were saying it was one point gained. I kinda of want to hear your thoughts on what you uh, what you think if it's two points dropped or one point gained because it was a really difficult uh night, I think, for Warren. Obviously with Sheffield winning the, the, the day after, courtesy of an off offside goal, of course. Um but 
and obviously it, it, it or widen that gap again. Uh, so, then what do you think? Two points dropped or one point gained? It's definitely not two points dropped because I think Stoke, if Stoke could have won that game, I don't think Borough fans could have complained about it. The way that the game panned out, we were lucky and fortunate to get a point ourselves in the end. Whether it's a point gained, we'll probably know at the end of the season, to be honest. I don't think it's something that we can judge so much right now, but I wouldn't say it was two points dropped, no. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Dana. I think if I had to pick right now, uh, out of the two of them, I'd probably say it was one point gained, and that's purely because looking at, at the other uh, more successful team currently in this in this division, in Burnley, they've just had recently a couple of draws, and I don't think they'll be looking at them as like, oh, two points drop. I think that's what a successful team can do. If you if you if you're up against a strong team, rather than lose the game, I think you'd rather take a point out of it. Um, you know, if it doesn't look like you're going to win, at least get the point and carry some momentum on. That's what Burnley have done, and I think that's what we've done here uh, in, in the you know automatic promotion race and looking at it really short term. I think people might look at it as two points dropped, um, just out of frustration of not being able to catch Sheffield United just yet. But I think that's still a good result. Considering yeah. the form that that Stoke have been on recently, you know, battered Blackburn for seventy five minutes, battered Sunderland for ninety, we've we've done well to get a point there, carry the momentum into the next game. Yeah, and carry the momentum we did uh, with a final win over Preston, and we were absolutely amazed in this game. And Tom, how imp- how impressive was the reaction? that we, we've had from that draw on Tuesday night because we just seem to have this knack of coming back at the moment. Yeah, the, the weird thing is, for me, I don't feel that impressed by it anymore because <laughs> it just seems to happen so often, like you've just said. It, All it's right, like, Shania Twain. We'll, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just seems like we'll lose now and you just look at it and think, All right, so that's us winning the next game. And, you know, we didn't even lose on Tuesday. You know, there was a thing where uh, it was actually on BBC Tees yesterday. Someone said bouncing back after a loss. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was Paul Addison who was presenting. It was like, They didn't even lose. That's the thing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like it's like just because we didn't win. Um, but yeah, just such a, such a good performance yesterday. Like I say, as close to perfect as possible. And, I think once again it does show the the kind of character and and, and mental strength of this squad where they can put that um, put that behind them from Tuesday straight away and 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 go out and do a performance like that. Sorry, I'm trying yeah. not to laugh because Tom said character, character, character. Oh, oh, I missed God, that. That was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure it was. I bet Tom's like looking in the mirror before the podcast to say <laughs> character. Character. I was halfway through my sentence there. I seen Dana laughing. I was like, "What did I just say? Like, <laughs> did I just say what I think I said?" <laughs> oh, great character, um, Dana. Well, if we, if were you impressed by Borough's win yesterday? You know, obviously the bounce bounce back ability of us. You know, it's, it's great to to keep doing that. Um, but in terms of being impressed of the performance yesterday, surely that was. Really, really good, right? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was impressive. Although I do understand Tom's thoughts and feelings there because it's just what we do. It's just the norm now for us. It's what we expect. But funnily enough, there was a point in the first half, and mind you, we hadn't scored at this point where I just sat down and I was like, 
I love football. <laughs> it's just I had this like Patrice Evra moment. Like I love this game, but because we we're just so in control, we nine times out of ten have the opponent exactly where we want them, and we are just so confident in being able to play our character's game plan and more often than not beat teams and our football yesterday was drool worthy to be honest the way that we were just knocking it about with ease it was exquisite and I think the opener just so expertly crafted probably epitomized it the most but yeah really impressed and for us to score five at home and then a couple of games later score four at home it's like a pinch me what is actually going on what am I actually seeing here because one goal off 70 um scored in the league that's nosebleed territory it's crazy but I love it I really really do yeah and on that first goal, then, because I know you're saying that it was it was a, it was a thing of beauty, um, and who else but Mr. Cleveland Centre himself? Also, right, if he does hit thirty goals, Tuber Akpom, right, does it get upgraded? Does the Cleveland Centre go to the Town Hall, like, mm. or do we go to Mima, or do we just have say, a night? I was going to say Dundas, but that's probably a bit of a downgrade, isn't it? That's ten yeah. goals, but ten goals, <laughs> but like, does he does he have like a night out? Like a night in Empire or something, like that. I'll do themes on mm. nights out, like um, in Flair's Rammer like, Empire, That's... like you know, Flair's Empire, you know, uh, wherever, wherever he wants to go, you know, like uh, but just keys to what... the town, Johnny, keys to the town. I mean, it's 30 goals, just night him. yeah, yeah, should we do we night him? Like, there's just so many opportunities, you know, like he said he hadn't had a palm on yet, so nah, we can't do that really. That's like kind of like one goal in it. That's if Chamber gets goal. 30, we'd go on to Manjaro's. Yeah, Tom, maybe. Tom, maybe. Well, to be fair, Tom, you did say if he hit 20 goals, you'd get a title of Akpom. So, I mean, why don't you just dye your hair blonde or something if he goes to 30? I'll, I'll do that because I was, you know, heavily under the influence of Stella uh, when I agreed to <laughs> to the tattoo thing, and I, I really regretted it and, and couldn't go through with it when he did it 20. But no, I'll, I'll happily kind of sign up for that because I would actually do that. All right, then, well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it you here heard first. It here. You heard it here first. It kind of takes, takes me back to the days where I said I'd get uh, horny for one, he tattooed on my backside if we got promoted under Warnock. And every week it was, you're going to get a tattoo yet? I was like, well, <laughs> no, because we're not going up. Um, but, you know, swings and roundabouts. But, Tom, here we go. Um, Denimal, sorry, goal breakdown. Chew Rackpom, he's on his twenty his twenty fifth goal in all competitions. Uh, he can't stop scoring, and it was a delightful goal, and it all started from Mister Stefan himself. Yeah, it does start with Mister Zach Stefan and Bora Break presses press really, really well at the beginning of this move because we have one midfielder in this case, it's Housen, that drops deep, which Alan Brown basically follows that run. And then the knock-on effect of this is that it frees up Hayden Hackney as a viable passing option. And then Borough are able to work their way around him. And then what happens after that is that, well, the theme of, of this attack really is off-the-ball movement and creating triangles to work our way around Preston's shape. So Housen and Hackney engage in the first given go, which ends up in Housen picking up a, a really good pocket of space about 25 yards out. And then we see another give and go just a few seconds later between Housen and McGree. Now, McGree's run is 
tracked. So he doesn't end up receiving the ball on the return, but it shows that Borough's players aren't content with just sitting in and remaining stationary, much like how Preston's midfielders were. Borough, you'll see it quite often, the really fluid off-the-ball movement. They want to be able to pass and go and move and pick up key pockets of space to essentially open up the game when you've got a structured and and rigid team I think that's the way to go to be able to essentially open them up and try to penetrate the defence and then the final combination of this move is between Akpom and Archer just close to the edge of the box Akpom as he usually does drops into his usual number 10 position which drags out I think it's Greg Cunningham which opens up a really nice opportunity for Borough to get in behind which they do and it's a really nicely weighted pass from Cameron Archer is just about received from Chubarat Pom and he finishes into the bottom corner past Freddie Woodman. It's just a really good goal in which combinations are really important. Um, off the ball movement's really important. Given goals, one twos. Ryan Law said it after the game there. Our pass appreciation, um, our passing selection was really, really good. And you just can't deal with that. You know, as an opposition player, if you've got a team that are so good with their movement off the ball it's like who do you track who is the player to track because there's just so many options there for passing for crossing it's just honestly it's it's exquisite to watch it's like that pinching hand Italian hand it's just amazing to watch and that goal again I keep saying on this podcast when I break down the goals another one to add to the really good collection of goals that we just seem to be piling in under Michael Carrick there's another one for the compilation I know yeah if we had a goal of the season sure this year we probably have like 45 minutes of just dissecting mm-hmm. different goals and which is great you know I'm all for it um and maybe we can continue that towards the end of the season but it's so nice to see simplicity done well in football you know like moving off the ball one twos stuff like anyone learns as a kid growing up in football and you know it's so when you when you do it well at such a high level it is really cool and I think Middlesbrough have just been so good and and amazing on the ball but it's off the ball stuff in any game as well don't watch the ball watch the people around it um, because that is where you see the big things happening in, in football and you know, that maybe that's one for our viewers. You know, if you're watching the next Borough game, don't watch the ball for a while. Just watch the players around it and you'll find some joy. Uh, but Tom, after Borough go 1-0 up, you know, they really you know, put the foot on the gas and they come away 4-0 winners. But how do you think we were able to dismantle Preston North and the way that we did yesterday because it was so impressive? Well, just the bat's good. Um, <laughs> as a, as a <laughs> short answer, like I say, it, it, it was as close to a perfect performance uh, as I could possibly give it. And that is because everyone did their role so well. You know, it, it's just been pointed out in the, in the goal breakdown there, Zach Steffen starting off moves. <clears throat> he was doing that so well yesterday. And then just the 10 outfielders in front of him all doing their job so well. The... What Ryan Law, I believe, had said in his post-match was that they tried to kind of cram the midfield area uh, so that we couldn't go through through the middle. But we have more threats than just that. We were able to get around the sides and get in behind quite often yesterday, and I think it showed even even through the middle, though, um, you know, that first goal kind of shows it, and I believe the third one as well, where there's just so, such good kind of like link-up play and Cameron Arch is a, a big part of that uh, in, in terms of the p- partnerships that he has with the players around him as well. I, I just think that that's 
worked so well for us yesterday through the middle and then he, he exploiting that um the the space on the sides has, has helped to, to get us up the pitch in the first place so I think there was another thing that Ryan Law said that that Borough were just better than he thought they were going to be, and he underestimated them a little bit. And I think that's that's an understatement based on on Preston's <laughs> performance yesterday. I've got yeah, a bit I've... of what he said, and I don't have the quotes that you've just mentioned there, Tom. But he said that they are a very good team. Everything they do, the movement, interchanges, uh, passing, pass appreciation, shots, goals, the energy they have got the lot. So fair play to Michael and his team and players. Middlesbrough Football Club is now on the up for where they want to get to. I thought they were fantastic today against a team that was probably a bit under par. We were not quite at it, but the fact is they are a good team. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> and back to you in the studio. Uh, re- re- really good impression of Ryan Law there, Denna, as well. I Thanks. thought it was Ryan Law on, on on the podcast for a second there. Uh, I was like, but oh, they managed to get him on. Um, but that, to, be, to be fair to, to Ryan Law, like, uh, look, I think his, his Preston side are a bit strange, in, in my opinion. You know, from... When we played them when uh, in the November when Carrick took over, you know, obviously it shows how far we've came as a team as well. So from when we played them at Deepdale to, to now, we've absolutely blown them away. Um, but they've just stagnated in mid-table a little bit. And they've always been a bit strange pressing because they never wanted to go up to the playoffs and never really been in a relegation scrap. So... They would, I don't know. I think maybe the epitome of them yesterday was Cannon having three touches in the entire game, um, or three passes or something in the entire game it might have been. Um, yeah, three passes. Three passes. And like, would you be worried if you're a Preston fan, or would you want a little bit more from them? Because when I'm looking at Ryan Law, like he is such an impressive manager. He was amazing at Plymouth, um, and what he's done there and what he did there was amazing. Obviously, she might have took over now and still going even more. Um, but would you be worried if you were a Preston fan? Because they're very different from what he was creating at Plymouth. I wouldn't be worried. I'd just be bored out of my skull because they just don't offer a lot. They have recorded the most nil-nil draws in the league this season. And I hate nil-nil draws, unless it's the rare occasion where it's gen- it's genuinely a good game, but the stars just haven't aligned for either team to score. I just hate watching nil-nils. They could be good points at the end, but I just hate watching them. And they've recorded a lot of them this season. And their fans, I was looking through their forum after the game yesterday, and it was just, they're very tired of this style of play. I think Ryan Law was good at Plymouth, but he's probably a little bit too stubborn. He... He's he's sticking with his principles, but it's not really getting them anywhere. And I think it does come to a point where they probably he probably has to look at it and think things need to change here because they just didn't really offer anything apart from the save that Zach Stefan made in the second half, where it's at a tight angle and he gets a good hand on it. They didn't offer anything at all. And that's just been their season. They they're somewhat decently defensively. Decent defensively, sorry, which isn't the right timing to say, given the fact that we put four past them. But over the course of the season, they have been somewhat okay defensively. But offensively, they're just toothless. They're just blunt. And I think mm. I won't be worried if I was a presser fan. I'd just be bored. Yeah. I think Law, yeah, it's like, well, also with any manager, it's just be flexible. Uh, you know, it's got to be like flexible, be ta- tactically, but you've also like 
if if the goal really is a bit rigid and you want to have like you know get to the playoffs, be rigid with your goals, but be flexible how you get there. There so it is. is. It's a great thought. And speaking of goals, um, you know Cameron Archer scored two. Um, see what a great segue into the next point I wanted to do. You know, um, <laughs> but obviously he scored two yesterday against his former club, and he was really really good yesterday, Cameron Archer. And he's been great since he's came in. Um, I'm just thinking of the Sheffield United game as well, where he's even better. Um, but Tom, yeah. what, what what makes Cameron Archer so effective in a Borough shirt? What doesn't? I mean, he's got so many uh, so many good attributes. You know, fast link up plays, great. Like you mentioned earlier, the the partnerships with with those around him, and I think that that low centre of gravity uh, and and is what's what's the right word for this. The you're trying strength... to call him smaller, yeah. You're trying to no, call no, him small the, and strong. The, the, strength, the strength he has, um, I don't think a lot of people expect it. Um, there, there is a word for it, I'll probably realize it after the podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it takes a lot of people by surprise. So, like, uh, you know, six foot four defender will be coming in trying to like trying to knock him off the ball and he can hold it up fairly well uh in that type of uh type of situation as well so i think he's just he's got a lot going for him in terms of his uh his physical attributes he reads the game really well and and like i said i, I believe this was a quote from from carrick after after yesterday but he's got such good partnerships with those around him and he can create with the with the link up play and also get on the end of it as well so Definitely seemed like that that missing piece that we didn't have in the first half of the season, I would say. Yeah, he definitely gives us a different dimension, you know, brings people in, uh, in and around him, creates a lot of space. And that's a great thing about any forward, you know, if you can create space and also take your chances, you're going to go somewhere in football, to be honest. But then you were singing his praises yesterday and you have been for like the last few weeks. But what do you love about uh, Cameron Archer? I think Tom just touched on it a bit there. It's the fact that he's five foot eight and yet can and has the ability to ragdoll six foot plus centre halves around, that's honestly the the combination of explosiveness, finishing, physicality, and pace. He's just very well rounded, and I honestly think he can go on and play for England. Um, I know he's part of the England under twenty one setup, which is fantastic, and, and hopefully he does well. But he's just a purebred finisher. He really, really is. For him to have six goals and three assists in 12 games, nine goal contributions in those 12 games, that's an impact. And I do think it's somewhat rare, um, or maybe not rare, but unexpected or potentially unlikely, I don't know, for a January signing to make such an impact. But we've got two of them with Ramsey and with Archer. But Archer in particular is just some talent and savour him because I honestly think the next season he will be part of the Aston Villa first team. Um, If Ollie Watkins leaves, Aston Villa have a ready-made replacement somebody that can, I think, easily slot in and do a really decent job and just grow from there. He's just a fantastic, fantastic talent. Yeah, and to the Aston Villa fans watching this, you don't want him back. He's garbage. Um, <laughs> just to be honest, just give him what was, you know, we, we need a striker next year. Just just, just, just give us Cameron Archer, it's fine. Um, but, you know, to, I think to, to kind of quote Harry Redknapp a little bit where he just goes, I think he can go right to the very top when he got talked about like Lampard. It, mm. That is exactly how I feel about Cameron Archer. I think he's great, you know, I, I just there's there's just so many things you can say about him 
and it's just wow, isn't it? What a great signing. I hope we can keep him next year, regardless of what division we're in. Um, even if it's just for another loan, because he just brings so much to the group and the team. And I think everyone around uh, us would just love to see him for maybe one more year. But I think he could do it in the Premier League now. And, you know, if he gets the service or he's creating his own service, he'll he'll do the business. Um, but obviously with Borough's win now, you know, that's, that's took us to, you know, three points away from Sheffield United, but a goal difference of plus 27, which is actually two more than Sheffield United now. Um, and it's crazy to think of where we were when Carrick took over, and now we've got such a good goal difference. But, Tom, how much does it really matter, a good goal difference? Does it really make too much of a difference? I think it just gives us another uh, another potential opportunity to overtake Sheffield United. Now, um, I, I feel like this has been coming for quite a few games now. They haven't been doing well, whereas we have. We've been catching up on goal difference. The the whole um, conversation has been, can we get more points than Sheffield United, which obviously I still want us to do. But in the other scenario that we potentially end up level on points with them, then we can still go up uh, off the back of this as well. So I think it's it's really important for where we are in, in the league. We'll, we'll take that that every day. And I, ju- I just think looking at it now, it just shows the the form we're in compared to the form we're there in, and it can it can be another thing psychologically where it's like we're coming for you and we know we're better than you. Yeah, definitely that. You know, I think if if they have, I think they have Norwich the next game right after today's FA Cup game, and you know if they don't get a win there, it's, you've, you've you've lost to Middlesbrough, you've lost to Luton, you lose you lose not picking up points against Norwich, and you know psychologically, how does that play a part in in the running? Because the running in itself can be quite difficult for anyone. You know, I think there's there's different strengths of different teams. You know, which can can beat your weaknesses and it doesn't matter I think regardless of league position I think different teams can cause problems like Stoke causes a lot of problems yes they're a good side but they might have strengths which you know magnify our weaknesses a little bit more and like vice versa for us against Preston you know we might have been had so many strengths that they just we like you know got rid of their weaknesses but what does the the running look like Dana because you know there's not many games to go on now Borough hot on the heels of Sheffield United Borough fans want us to to hit to strike it while it's hot but how does it look like for you? how does it look like for the for Sheffield United's running well for a, a couple of weeks now I think the conversation has been about Sheffield United's tough running tough fixtures they've probably negotiated through that now they've they're on the other side their fixtures do start to turn slightly in their favour and slightly against Borough they actually have the easiest and I say that in air quotes there running of the top six of the championship in terms of opponents PPG 1.34 Borough on the other hand have a slightly trickier run with 1.46 PPG for our remaining opponents including 1.57 PPG of our next four opponents of course Burnley are in that um but i think four of our remaining eight games are at home and only two teams in the championship have accrued more home points than us so when i look at chef united yes they have a slightly easier running in terms of opponents points per game but i just think borough's home form could play a really really important part and then when you look at luton's running as well one point four eight 
for their remaining opponents in terms of PPG. So they technically have the trickiest of the playoff bunch when it comes to the running, the trickiest run. We have to play Luton, of course. But it's interesting, is it? Because we're looking at all of this and we're sort of trying to plan and plot and and see where things can change and, and can swing. I will say now, I, I do believe that there will be a point that Borough overtakes Sheffield United. I'm somewhat confident in that. Whether that means that Borough will end the season in second, I don't think so. But the way that we're going, the way that Sheffield United are going, I wouldn't be surprised to see us overtake them. But... We both have to play Burnley. And I genuinely think one of us is going to beat Burnley. That's my bold prediction. One of either Sheffield United or Borough are going to beat Burnley. And hopefully it's us. And Sheffield United did beat Burnley earlier on in the season. So that aspect mm, of it. But, it but with you saying, Dana, that we could be finishing second or, or take over. Oh, no, no, point. I didn't say that. Um, I think you. Don't you be putting get, words just, in my mouth, Mr. Bullock. I'm not doing anything, but I'm just saying if you would like to curse Middlesbrough Football Club like Dana Malt has done there, you can get a Malt Curse t-shirt at tside.co.uk forward slash the board breakdown. As you can get a knee slide club shirt, which Dana, you are rocking right now and 100% of the proceeds go on more neuron disease association, which we're raising money for this season. It's really, really good charity. There's a lot of great work and hopefully we can try and find a cure for this horrible disease. But Let's move on to the praise and place segue is quite nice that because you know praise and the M and D uh, association. Now we're going to the praise and place, um, and the praise and place is a place we like to give praise to a player, coach, a staff member, a fan, our merch, and so much more. Um, so we had some people that were saying who who we asked the people you know who is in your present place this week folks uh so paul smith said johnny housen he was difference maker was everything everywhere all at once and size said stefan deserves a mention crucial to us setting up uh players but tom green i'm gonna to come to you first this week uh who is in your present place <laughs> It was really difficult after yesterday's game not to just go with a cop-out answer and say, oh, everyone. But based on, <laughs> on the two games this week... Give us an answer, go... Tom. Give us an answer. <laughs> Don't be a cop-out. <laughs> based on the two games this week, I'm going to go with Zach Stefan. He made some very important saves to uh, kind of redeem himself on uh, on Tuesday after the uh, the Stoke goal had pretty much gone through him. Um, and yesterday, I just thought he was he was great in that team, as was everyone. But as uh, as as I said, there he was crucial. It was setting up players, takes three players out of the game. You know, in in the in the first um, first goal for us, and he was doing that consistently. Like you could sense the uh, the Preston forwards' heads going down every time they tried to press, and they have just played it through the middle of them all, like played it out to the side to to Fry or uh, or Lenahan. So. Definitely uh, got to go with Zach Stefan for, for this week. Okay, then. And Denimalt, who are you going to go for? Well, I think it's only fair that after Preston at home, I reflected on Preston away. And Tom Downey asked us a question. We put this clip on Twitter as well, uh, where he said, if you were offered 15th now, would you take it? And I sat there and I thought about this and I said, of course, with my whole chest. And I'll tell you why I said that. Because when Michael Carrick was appointed, I will hold my hands up and say I was not enthused at all because I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know what he would offer us in terms of his coaching philosophy. We knew nothing. And therefore, I was hoping that this season we would just solidify our place in the 
in the championship because uh, mind you we got a question that very same week of do you think Borough will get relegated or or what the chances you think of Borough getting relegated so that was very much the feeling back then and I thought okay this season we'll stay in the championship we'll have a safe mid-table finish and then next season that's when we'll start to progress and, and do something next season I am just amazed really at what he's managed to do the fact that we are having conversations about the running can we get second that's incredible that is really really incredible so props to to Carrick for that because I you know my expectations were on the floor but I always said that it's a blank canvas and it's up to him to get us excited and he's got me excited so I want to put Michael Carrick in there um, because I just think he's been fantastic and that's off to him for that yeah, our first. And no, I wouldn't take fifteenth right now. No, I don't even think we can finish fifteenth this season, can we? No, well, I think we can. I we ha- we'd have to have one hell of a drop off. We yeah. can't get relegated. That's about as, yeah. as much yeah. as I know in terms of potential. Yeah, positions. get in. Start again next season, you know. Go go again. But well done to you, Tom. Though I think I believe that you mm. we wouldn't take the fifteenth, and you were like, oh, "I just want us to finish as high as possible." And you never know, we could finish seconds. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I just saw this coming, to be honest. So yeah. visionary, <laughs> I mean, <A> visionary. <laughs> no, I, I will just also um, kind of back up what, what Dana said that I had no idea what what Carrick was going to offer at that point either. Me saying I wouldn't take fifteenth is purely based on. I don't want to just kind of like write the season off after however many games up at that point. I think it was 19. It might have been 17. I can't remember. 17 it was. 17, yeah. I didn't want to write the season off at that point. I feel like we'd done that a couple of times over the last couple of years and there was like no pressure on on Wilder or... um, I don't think Warnock was in that situation, but we maybe had a slow start or something. I can't really remember. But I, I didn't want to be in that situation again. I'm impatient. So I was just like, I, I, <laughs> I'd rather we just win as many as possible. And But who who could have ever seen this coming? If you're losing games, just win. You know what I mean, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Just, just do that. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But... Um... Yeah, I, I, it's it's it was a great prediction, Tom. To be honest, I, it was a uh, you believed all along. Um, I was thinking of mine for when I was saying about uh, managers, it was Carrick or Edwards. So, I mean, two good development coaches who were both flying high in the league. So I'm just going to take all of that and be smug about it. And then you might watch we both miss out on playoffs, just go on a massive loser streak. <laughs> both get sacked. Um, Anyway, my my praise and place will probably go to uh, Max Force um, or Mick Schumacher, whoever you want to, uh, to <laughs> whatever you want to look like, um, or the small angry birds, bird, yellow angry bird, uh, yellow angry bird, <laughs> so third the, person. Wait, 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 pause. What did you just say? <laughs> the small angry bird person. Um, <laughs> just. <laughs> Didn't really how to describe it to be honest. <laughs> so, Yellow angry birds. Just a just a big old angry bird, you know. Shout out to T Side uh, Tom for that. Shout out to T Side Tom, yeah, who has great merch. Um, I, I don't know, yeah, Marcus Foss. I think he's really good. Uh, you know, come back into the side, um, from being on the bench last couple of weeks. You know, and he's coming back in. He's scoring again. Lot a different goal contribution. What a great signing, you know. Like he's came in. And you know, didn't get a look in from the first half of the season really, and just the form he's been on, and you know, and a call up to the to the Finland squad as well, and thoroughly deserved, and you know, just deserves all the praise he can get. But I think 
collectively as a group, you know, I think everyone deserves a bit of praise, but I can't say that because it's a cop-out answer. Um, so anyway, let's move on to questions. Uh, then let's, let's round the podcast off with some questions because each week you get the chance to ask us your questions and it's via Twitter, Boris underscore breakdown, uh, email breakdown at hotmail.com or by joining our Telegram chat where we chat nothing about Borat at all. Um, so the first question, it's from Liv. I want to come to you, Dana, first. Uh, and Liv asks, uh, do you think Balassa is getting fairly criticised or is, is it taking him some time to get used to things here at Borough? Bit of a strange one, but what do you think? Yeah, you come under a bit of stick on our Telegram chat and on Twitter as well um, after the game on Tuesday night. Listen, nobody was good on Tuesday. I, I honestly couldn't pick out a... Like, if we did the praise and plays immediately after that game, I don't think I'd be able to actually put any money in it. We were just... Everybody was off colour, unfortunately. I think people underestimate that changeover when you go from essentially being a big fish in a small pond at Rotherham to being amongst these sharks at Middlesbrough, if you like. I mean, I'm not paying us out to be like an elite giant or anything like that, but hopefully you know what I'm trying to put across there. It it will take time. It will take time. And it's a different team, different style, different manager, different expectations. Footballers just need time. And I'll reiterate what I said on our telegram that Footballers aren't mechanised entities that can just be rewired and reworked to work on command. They just need time, patience. And I don't think it's fair to write Balassar off after, I think it's two 20-minute sub-cameos, one 30-minute sub-cameo and 88 minutes um, in his full start. I just... And then a game yesterday as well, cameo yesterday as well. I just think that's unfair. So let's wait and see what we can see from Dan Barlasser. Don't forget, he unlocked the door for us a couple of weeks ago at home in one of our games. <clears throat> he just needs time. Okay, then. Um, next question, it's from Kevin. He says, ignoring the potential of automatics for, the mo- for a moment, who would be our ideal opponents in the playoffs? I'm guessing Luton would make it the final, but I'd like to avoid Millwall if possible. Uh, Tom Green, who would you like in the playoffs? I absolutely do not want to tempt fate by answering this properly. Like, there's no easy games in, in the playoff mix. I mean, looking at the teams in it, we have beat them all, but there's no easy games and it's going to be a completely different scenario in the playoffs. So if I'm going to answer this on anything, I'm going to say Blackburn based on they're an easy away game to get to. So we can do both legs of the playoffs and then we'll all be going to Wembley anyway. So Ooh, I don't know. Like remember our trip there last season. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's also something fate a little bit with, um, you know, saying they're easy to get to. There'll probably be loads of traffic like last time we get there three minutes after kickoff. But <laughs> in terms of distance, that would mm. be the best one. So, Okay, then. Uh, to be fair, my, maybe a hot take, but I think Coventry are going to be the team we play. I think they'll finish sixth. So, tough old game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd again. go to Coventry again. Like, you know, nice stadium. They do double pinters in the concourse. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't go wrong with it, you know. Everyone wants a double pint, but I did love the cliche there, Tom. Of there's no easy games in football. Um, it is uh, one a favorite, a favorite of mine, just behind uh, the squeaky bum time. I think that's one of my favorites as well. I do love a, a good cliche. Um, anyway, uh, next question. It's from Phil. And he says, "Are we happier chasing Sheffield? Uh, pressure all on them. I know we have to overhaul them at some point if we want to go up automatically. But is it better to leave it as late as possible?" Uh, Denmark, what do you think? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one, especially that last the last part of the question. I think, firstly, I would rather us be the chasers than the chased. I think you can probably capitulate a little bit more. You ride on that wave of potential, uh, as I've mentioned on previous pods. I was watching Benjamin Bloom's video <laughs> the other day. <clears throat> Not Benjamin Bloom. <laughs> and he was just saying that if Borough overtake Chef United now, they would we then we would have to sustain really hot form until the end of the season. The ideal scenario for me is trying to get in there as late as possible. But will that happen? I I, I don't know. It could do. It could go right to the wire. And that would be really nerve-wracking, but really exciting. Lots of peak EFL Skybet Championship drama. But I think leaving it to as late as possible is probably, it might just be the best thing. Just to kind yeah. of add on to that as well, because you mentioned the the pressure's all on them. I think you can tell with what's coming out of their club at the moment com- compared to what's coming out of Borough. Carrick's always stressing the, you know, the boring press conference thing that I touched on a few <laughs> weeks ago. Like, we just look ahead to the next game. We're not looking at the table. We're purely focused on this. And then you see midweek Heckenbottom's coming out and saying, "Oh, it definitely helped because we were all watching the Borough game last night, and <laughs> when they dropped points, we were we were happier, and we you know could go on to do this." Like, if they're that affected by what we're doing, like you can tell we're already in their head. So, I think the pressure definitely is all on all on them, and they can definitely sense that. I, I think it's going to be a real test of their uh, their character. Spelt with a ch, not character. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, like, even like the stuff that's been going on as well, right? Like we're like saying, oh, they're trying to save money and all this like mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and just feel feels like things are starting to, I don't know, like fall apart a little bit. But it's it's you just never know, do you? I think it's it's going to be a, a really difficult run in. I think we can do it. Like, why not? You know, why not? If we keep going the way we're going. Um, who knows? We'll probably we'll do something special. Uh, but guys, thank you very much uh, for joining me as always. So, listeners of the viewers, thank you very much for watching us and listening to us as well. And don't forget to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or subscribe to us on YouTube. That helps us get found and all of that fun stuff. Uh, but that's it. Four more goals for Bora. Bora go arching on, on, on. This has been the Bora Breakdown Podcast, and that was our Bora Match Day Chatter in a pod. Up the board breakdown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 